Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question about quantum space. I do have it in my portfolio for not more than 2%. And provides unbiased answers. Perfectly frank, I bought 100 shares a week ago, and I've been adding QuantumScape, and now I'm up to 300 shares. InvestTalk. Over 35 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. My favorite holiday happens to be in November. I love Thanksgiving for some reason. And for many reasons, I think lots of people are glad to be in the autumn season. For me, it's Thanksgiving. Uh, Anyway, some folks like the cooler weather. Some people enjoy watching tree leaves change. They don't change a lot in Southern California. They do fall off. But they don't, you don't, we don't get the colors like you do in the Northeast. That, that's If you've never been in the fall in the Northeast, like in Vermont, New Hampshire, up that way, uh, when the leaves are changing, it's spectacular. All in the upper Northeast, it's really it's something to see. Uh, anyways, um, but, you know, this is a great time for food, festivities, and family. So, no matter what, though, I always start this program the same thing. And the goal here is always to achieve financial freedom. It's the objective. So we are living in a time when we can let, can't can let ourselves become too distracted, even though it's the holiday season. We still have to think about our, our goals of financial freedom. And it takes time to get there. You have to be patient. You can't, you're not going to get there overnight. It's just not going to happen. So our mission statement, independent thinking and shared success, something we talk about every day. And of course, this is this is what we do uh, on this show. We try to provide you with the facts, the information you need to help you achieve what you want. And everybody wants something different. Everybody's financial freedom goal is a little bit different. I mean, the goal is always to have financial freedom. That's not different. But how much do I have to have? How do I achieve that freedom? Uh, and, and what methods are you doing? You don't have to do it through the stock market. Lots of people do it with real estate. Lots of people, you can do it with other things. But it depends. And some people need lots of money. And some people don't need much at all. What's going to make you happy? Where are you going to retire? All those things. I'm Steve Peasley. I encourage you to contact me today and every day. And when you do, you, may, you shape this program. You take it in the direction you want it to go. And I would love for you to call. Why not do it? Why not do it now? 888-99-CHART is our number. We're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And here's a call from Jeffrey in El Paso. Hi, Jeffrey. How you doing? Jeffrey, calling from El Paso. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good. Do you have a question? Hi. Um, I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on, uh, your thoughts on Merck, ticker right. Mike Romeo Kilo. Sure. Yeah, Merck is big, big uh, drug company. I, I'm, I'm kind of like the drug industry because it's kind of anti anti recession. 
Yeah, the stock prices might go down in a recession, but their sales hold up very well. So on drug companies, what you look at is you look at their 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 stable of drugs they have for sale. Are the patents expiring? Do they have more coming down the pipeline? How many phase three trials drugs do they have? That's the kind of things you look at when you look at a drug company. Merck develops prescription drugs in the areas of diabetes, obesity, pres- uh, respiratory, cardiovascular, and women's health. They make money, have always made money. They're going to make $5.74 a share this year, up 16% from last year. Next year, up 25% more to $7.18. It's an $89 stock. So it's not expensive. The five-year range of P is 11 to 18. It's kind of narrow, okay? But, you know, $7.18, the P is, what, 12, 13? So it's on the low end. Great return on equity, it's a pretty good dividend, 2.9%, and the stock has been moving up. So um, if you own it, I'd definitely keep it. If you don't own it but you want to get in, is that what you want to do, by the way, Jeffrey, or do you own it? Um, I bought it uh, in the low 70s earlier this year. It's the third largest position in my portfolio. I was kind of wondering if it's time to trim. I would say no on the trimming, uh, but I would follow up with a tight stop. Maybe a, a, a just a uh, trend line because it is moving up pretty darn fast, and it won't do that forever. You know it won't. You could take some profits here because it'll probably come down a little bit, but it broke up to a new 52-week high. It has no resistance. We call that on a chart, no resistance because, you know, there's no place can go where people used to sell it way back when. And so you just fall. It's, it's like a horse race. You keep riding a horse and, forever if you can if you're winning okay so just keep riding this horse but followed up with a tight stop that's what i would do and then i would just trim when if it broke below the trend line i would just trim it i wouldn't get rid of it okay good luck with it hope it works for you glad you're in profits let's go to diego in north hollywood how you doing diego hey steve how's it going good thanks for the call and so uh, I'm calling in regards to Activision, ticker symbol is ATVI. Um, they reported earlier today, and the stock went down by 10%. Uh, you know what? Um, I've been looking at this one for a while, and I was just wondering what you think is a good, uh, like, buy-in price. Okay, let's take, you know, uh, for the for everybody else, Activision is a game or game company. Publishes interactive entertainment software, peripheral products for consoles and handheld devices. Okay, they're going to make three dollars and eighty three cents. They've increased earnings every year for quite some time. Uh, next year, they're going to make four thirty five per share. It's a seventy seven dollar stock, so it's about an eighteen PE or so in that range. And their range is thirteen to thirty six. Return on equity is eighteen percent. So it's a it has been around a long time. It's solid. They have great games that come out, and they always have new new editions of the new ga- and new games coming out. So, it's one of those companies you could buy and hold. It's a huge company. It's sixty billion dollars. Now, as far as a buy point, I think the buy point is right around seventy one, seventy two dollars, and so it it's getting pretty close at seventy seven. It's come off its high of one hundred and four. I think if I if it was me and I wanted to be in this position, I would probably buy half my position right now. That's what I would do. I'd buy half. Okay, cool. And if it, and if it goes down, 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, but I actually went down after hours to like sixty nine seventy. So okay, then I, I would pick some up tomorrow. <laughs> I would pick some up tomorrow. The seventy is a very good price for this company. That's what I would Amazing. do. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh gosh, yeah, here I am, ready to do another call. My talking points today, everybody. What we're going to talk about? Uh, we're going to talk about capital gains taxes. That's going to be one of them. I also want to discuss the U.S. government released report suggested to Congress to to pass some rules and regulations about cryptocurrency. So it's coming, everybody. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. When hiring a financial planner, what are some of the questions you should ask them? Anybody managing your money, you need to ask questions. You don't just get to say, okay, ask some questions. I'm talking about people like me, you would ask, okay? Um, and uh, what do you do if you inherit something? Uh, my, I have uh, my parents passed away and my brother passed away, and I was the executor of both estates. And my brother, who passed away, uh, gave all his money, divided up with our nieces and nephews, um, my brother's side, which is only four over there. My wife's side, I have, you know, 35 of them. But, um, and, and, you know, I'm going to give you some advice because, trust me, I know a lot about this doing, handling those two estates. And I know a lot because I need to know. Okay, and did you hear about American Airlines? They canceled 1,623 flights over last weekend. You know what's going on there? I'm telling you, if you it's going to get worse before it gets better especially for the holiday season. So those things we're going to talk about, unless you have something you want to talk about, first, be happy to do that. Okay, and, you know, we're now into November. This is the time of the year that, in my office, we start to think about capital gains and how we can mitigate them. Was there capital gains? So that's going to be a pretty important topic at the when we, when we get to it today, Okay. So time permitting, we'll get to those other topics as well. So how did the market do? Well, it was up. Dow was up 139. The NASDAQ was up 54. And the S&P up 17. Did you notice that Dow is over 30, 36,000 points? I mean, it's doing pretty good. We're breaching new highs on the indexes. And remember, we're now into November. October is known to be putting a low. Now, if the market continues to rally slowly or whatever, then this is this year, what I've said in September when I told you October is known for putting in lows is true because October was the low. It was the beginning of October, but it was the low from the recent very mild pullback, very, very mild correction. But that's how it works. Sometimes it's huge. It could be huge. Uh, it might be mild. Don't know. This was mild this year. Now the question is: Will the market really rally, rally the rest of the year, and how much? And you know, remember, I've told you also: the last three months of the year and the first three months of the year are usually much better than the middle six months of the year. Historically speaking, that's the cycle of the market. That's just the way it is. October is also known for having the worst days. Of the market. 1987 fell 500 points. 
And that really, today, if L5 were pointing, we'd probably go, oh, that wasn't very good. Back then, that was 20%. Do you know what 20% would be in the mark for the Dow today? 20% would be about 12,000 points in one day. Feel about how you were as an investor back then. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty dramatic. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. With all the changes we're here, we see happening, it is important to remember during the periods of market uncertainty and volatility that we're dealing with what to do. You know, remember the goal never changes financial freedom, but what do you do in times where turmoil oil, when things are just rural? What do you do? We'll talk about that. 888 99 chart. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. No question is too simple. Wanted to ask about Teladoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a role over 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless. That's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Brandon in D.C. Um, trying to diversify away from large cap. Would you recommend positions in either IWM or IWR? I'll listen in on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, those are two uh, two very good ETFs, exchange-traded funds, that would be diversifying away from the Dow Jones 30. Remember, the Dow Jones 30 is like, not necessarily, but almost the 30 largest companies out there, okay? Uh, whereas the IWR is the Russell 2000, okay? And the IW... IWM is a Russell 2000. IWR is a Russell mid-cap, meaning middle-sized companies. So two th- Russell 2000 is small. Uh, this is a, IWM. IWR is the, the mid-cap companies. And then you have you know the large-cap being the Dow Jones 30 or the S&P 500. And even the QQQs. The NASDAQ 100 is the largest NASDAQ. So you're just getting different slices of the marketplace pie in those things. So, yeah, that would work. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 888-99 charters our number. We're live. We're Monday, We're live always Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. So we'd love for you to call and ask your questions. Yeah, no question. You can ask any financial question you want. You know, trust me, don't think. There's no question that's not worth asking. Every question is worth asking. Okay, this is Invest Talk. We're going to take a quick break. I want to welcome your questions. 
Again, 888-992-4278. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Hey guys, this is Joe from Lake Jackson, Texas, south of Houston. And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. What's your question? 888-99-CHART. Achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations! You've found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line. 888 99 Chart. Hi, Sid. How you doing? Sid Toronto. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So for a long, long time. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question about quantum space. I do have it in my portfolio for not less, uh, not more than two percent. Okay. But it looks to be a promising one, and uh, I think the Volkswagen and these two are going hand in hand because they have an investment in quantum space as well. So I just want to see that. What's your take on this? Should I increase my positions from here on? or wait some time, uh, just like to hear your opinion. Thank you so much, Steve. Well, to be perfectly frank, I bought 100 shares a week ago, a week ago today, in my own personal account. And I've been adding QuantumScape, and now I'm up to 300 shares. But I'm adding it in my personal account. QuantumScape, everybody, is extremely risky. You know that, right, right Sid? You know it's very risky, right? Okay, now let me tell you why I'm willing to take that risk. Remember, people listening to the show know that what do I demand? I demand earnings. I demand I don't want to overpay for something. I want I want earnings and sales, and I don't ever want to pay overpay. You hear me say that constantly on this show. And that is basically what your portfolio should be made up of. This is one I'm taking a shot at. I told you before on this show that every once in a while I'll take a, I'll take a risk. QuantumScape, QS, develops next-generation solid-state batteries, not lithium metal batteries, as they say there, but batteries for uh, use in electric vehicles. The key word here is solid-state batteries. Solid-state, that's the key. Whether it's lithium metal, uh, it doesn't matter what other parts are in it. It's that solid-state that matters. And they're the only one that has an... um, a number of patents, and I don't know if you just re- read recently that they had they sent it out for independent testing their 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 t- battery that they have developed is still in the development stage, but the reason why it's gone up pretty nicely recently is because those tests were very very positive. They don't make money. They don't even have sales. They're burning money. They have about one point five billion dollars worth of cash. They're burning it, and they'll continue to burn it for the next maybe two years. But if they do have a solid-state battery, if they do have that technology and it works as they say it does and as the independent testers demonstrating that it does, if that's true, if that's true, 
this company will be huge, huge, multi hundreds of billions to size because what solid state battery, if it's true, the battery will, you know, the batteries will last as long as the car lasts. The, it takes 15 minutes to charge it. There's no fire damage because there's no liquid. And the fact that you can, uh, you can go, you can go a lot further on a single charge. So, I like it. I bought it, so that tells you. My focus point today, well, it's all about capital gains taxes. And, you know, a lot of people own mutual funds, which is great. I don't have a problem with mutual funds. But, you know, this time of the year, this time of the year is when the mutual funds declare capital gains. Now, in their mutual fund, what does that mean? Well, you know, a mutual fund holds a bunch of stocks, right? And they buy and sell those stocks. Well, how do they pay capital gains when they sell a stock and have a profit? Remember, you own the mutual fund. You're going to be the one paying for it. Well, at the end of the year, November usually, they declare the capital gains. And one day, and they have to pay the gains, they have to pay the taxes. And what do they do? So let's say your mutual fund sells for $22.22. The very next day, your mutual fund opens up at $22. They just paid $0.22 in capital gains taxes. That's how that works. you You don't necessarily write a check. The mutual fund pays it. So the what happens if you bought that mutual fund the day before, you never got any capital gains, would you have to pay the capital gains tax? Yes. You have to pay capital gains tax on capital gains you never got. So, what's the lesson here? Find out in the fund that you're thinking about buying this time of year, what's the capital gains exposure? Do they have do they declare any capital gains yet? If they haven't, wait till they do so. They have to do it by year in. Maybe you should buy that fund in the next year, not this year. You know, you have to consider it. Why would you why would you pay for something you didn't you didn't earn? Why pay a tax you didn't get the benefit from? The from the, the capital gain. So that that's all I'm warning you about. Pay attention to the funds that you're buying. Okay. 888 chart uh, You know, we're going to holiday season's fast approaching, as you know. Paid holidays are generally provided by the federal government and private sector. I know I do. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What's the average number of holiday employee, holidays employees get paid each year in the United States? And but how much does it cost the federal government in wage dollars the fun each paid holiday. So after break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my lines are busy. I mean, my lines are open. They're not busy enough. 888-99-CHART. And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888-99-CHART. Let's say... You've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, 
It's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations! You found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line. 888 99Chart. 888 99Chart. I asked a trivia question before the break. What's the average number of holiday em- holidays employees get paid each year in the United States? And about how much does it cost the federal government in wage dollars to fund each paid holiday? So the schedule, is, of course, this is a federal, the federal government established ho- federal holidays and is that by Congress. 
something. And private employers don't have to follow that, you know. They don't. That's Government employees get that. But they generally do follow the government. They generally do. So, in other words, about 62% of all employers follow exactly what the federal government gets takes. For instance, uh, Inauguration Day is one of the paid holidays that comes around every four years. Uh, most private employers don't do that. I don't. I didn't. So what's the average number of paid holiday employees get? By According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, employees in the United States enjoy about 7.6 holidays, paid holidays each year. But there's 11 federal holidays, 11 of them. If you're a professional technical employee, you get 8.5. Clerical and sales employees, 7.7 days. Blue-collar service employees have an average of 7. Huh. wonder why that's so. I mean, I, I give my employees all the, all the federal holidays off. Hmm. Now, according to Orange County Register, it is estimated that each federal holiday costs taxpayers in excess of a half a billion dollars in wages paid to federal employees. That's how they get paid. Let's go to Heather in San Francisco. Heather. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for waiting. I'm, no problem. I'm curious how you feel about Teva now, T-E-V-A. Yeah, Teva was one I liked company. a lot. I like Teva. I like what they do, but they just can't seem to get the stock price moving. I gave up on it a while back. Um Teva Pharmaceuticals out of Israel, an Israel developer of generic specialty, over-the-counter drugs, and active pharmaceutical ingredients. Uh, they are the world's largest uh, generic drug maker. So they're gonna, they make money. They've always made money, but they used to make 4 and $5 an hour, and now they make 2 to $3, I mean, an hour, 4 to $5 uh, 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 um, uh, um, earnings per share now they're down to two to three dollars, so they're going to make two fifty five this year after making two fifty seven that last year. Next year they're going to make two sixty seven. So they're starting to move up. The problem with Teva, and it always has been a problem, was the debt. They've been trying to work down the debt now for a number of years, but they still have a lot of overhang debt, and I think that's the main problem. And sales have been sporadic. They have been really growing. It's eleven billion dollar company. They do about three to four billion dollars in sales a quarter, but it's not growing. They don't have much growth, so it's inexpensive. Ten dollars stock, it's inexpensive. But, but they have a couple of drugs in the pipeline now. Well, how far are they in pipeline? I don't. I haven't been keeping track. Are they in phase three? Yes. Okay, so phase three, everybody, there's phase one, two, and three. And if you get to the phase three, that means a drug is being tested in humans now. And I'd say, what, 80% of the drugs fail at phase three. But if you can get to phase three, that's a good positive sign. So maybe if they get one of those drugs passed, passes phase three, then maybe they have something, depending on what drug it is and how much, how big the market, the market is for that particular drug. But, you know, it's a good, healthy company, but they don't pay a dividend anymore, and they're solid, but they need something to spark them. And if, if you get a drug with the phase three and it works, that might be it. 
I, I wouldn't invest in it at this point. It's not not my cup of tea now. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Heather. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The U.S. government released a report suggesting to Congress to pass legislation regarding cryptocurrency. They think they should establish the federal banking, federal banking supervision of cryptocurrency. Think about that. See, this is the first step, I think. They're moving toward it. I don't, not very fast. They're moving toward it. But do you know there's 10,000 cryptocurrencies out there now? 10,000 of them. How many do you think are going to actually be in existence two years, five years from now? Do you think 10,000 is 10,000 cryptocurrencies? No. So they desperately need some, some, some rules and regulations on this. Something. Um, because everybody's speculating on all the cryptocurrencies. Oh, new cryptocurrency. Oh, I need to buy it. It might, it might go to like Bitcoin, go from, you know, 1,000 to 50,000. Well, that's not going to happen probably. Not 10,000. Uh, but it is the latest, greatest thing. And the latest, greatest things always attract legislation. So just be ready for that. It's going to happen. It will happen. Okay. When, um, you know, when you're hiring a financial planner, there's basic questions. You should ask questions. You want to be comfortable with who you're hiring. And some of the basic questions that I think you should talk about or ask, how do, the first one is, how, you know, after you talk about what they want, what they have, the offerings and all that stuff, first thing is, well, how do they get paid? How do you pay for the manager managing your money? How do they get paid? Because if they get paid by the products they provide, mutual funds, uh, annuities, then you know they have a bias to sell you those commissioned pieces of investments. Be very, very careful. Know how your money manager gets paid. Check out his social media. Is there any social media on there, out there? What does it say about him? Now, be careful because they can, people lie about other people. But a money manager should have very little out there in social media. Because remember what he does for a living. He manages people's money. It's private. Okay, how about have they ever, how did they react to the last big market fall? The last big one was uh, COVID. And the one before that was the financial crisis 2008. What, What did they do? Did they do anything? Because you want to know, you want to try to figure out how they're going to protect your money and grow your money. And does the money manager panic out or into the market? There's reasons why you want to know that. And finally, um, uh, be patient. I When I get a new client, uh, I tell that new client, it's going to take us several months just to get them invested. And that if they're looking for, you know, quick, quick, big returns and over the next six months to a year, I'm not your guy. We're not your company. We're not. We just don't. If you have someone, some money manager promising big returns quickly, that means he has to take huge risks and he's either going to be right or wrong. If he's wrong, you're going to lose a ton of money. If he's right, you might make a lot of money in a short period of time. But is that what you want as a money manager? 
If it is, don't call me, that's for sure. But if it is, find somebody who will take those huge risks. Let's go to Bill in San Rafael. Bill. Steve, thank you for taking my call. Thank you for calling. I wanted to get your take. I was uh, interested in uh, getting some semiconductor exposure in a balanced portfolio that I have, and I was looking at an ETF, the uh, the Spider Semiconductor ETF, the XSD, and what you thought about what might be a good entry point uh, at this time for an investment like that. Okay, XSD, XSD, everybody. It's an ETF seeking performance corresponding to the Standard & Poor's Semiconductor Select Industry Index. So it's a very specific ETF for part of the market. It's broken up above the 52 weeks high, so it's on a rise. I mean, it's as I said earlier, when it's something breaks out above all its highs, previous highs, you just got to ride the ride. But you're trying to look for a place to get in. I would wait for a pullback. If I was looking to get in on, on this, this, and I would wait for that pullback to be around $200. It's at $229 now. So that's a pretty decent pullback I'm waiting for. You might get it down to $210 uh, without too much difficulty. But it's on, a run, it's on a run, you know, and you never know when. You could buy it here and just roll the dice because it's on a run. But I don't like chasing performance it's not something that's in my dna i just it, it, it i don't know what i do is i say, well i missed it so i'll look for another one that's what i do but you can buy here and run ride the ride as long as you can um and because we're in a good part of the year earnings are going to go up i can see all those positive things but that's why it's rallying now or you can wait for that pullback the elusive pullback and you may not get it then you have to look elsewhere um, so that's not much of an answer. Very much helpful for you, Isabel. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, you know it's hard. Uh, I I don't like to chase performance. So I'm thinking a 200 to 210 is a decent pullback, and that's where I'd feel more comfortable. And long as it holds those before you buy it. Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. On almost every podcast, I'd like to reserve a minute or two to talk about us, KPP Financial. We're in Orange County, California, between L.A. and San Diego County. Uh, and we're in, our office is in Irvine, California, the little city of Irvine yeah, here. So little, I guess. Um, one thing I'd like to stress is on invest and uh, KPP Financial, my firm, we buy and sell the same stocks for our clients as we do for ourselves at the same price, same percentage. We have different programs from very risky to not risky at all, and I'm in every one of those programs. So in every one of those programs, I buy the same thing for everybody in that program. So it depends on what program you want to be, and that's a discussion to see what how risky you want, how much risk you want to take. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about what what we're doing and how we what yeah, the achievements and things like that. We'll talk about it. So if you're interested or if you just want us to look at your portfolio and you're just trying to get some feedback, we'll do that too. We don't, you don't have to become a client. Really, you don't. We like doing it. I, I do it all the time. Now, sometimes I get behind in my feedback because we get a lot of those requests. So you need to be a little bit patient. It takes a few days or a couple of weeks, you know, sometimes. But we will help you. We'll help you. With we want to help you. So don't hesitate to give our offices a call. 
or send us an email. You can go to investtalk.com, just click on the Contact Us button. comes right to us. Okay? Next up, we'll play another caller question, so just hang on. The inflation we are now experiencing in 2021 is disturbing and eerily reminiscent of what we went through in the 1970s. So, with inflation impacting all areas of the global economy, how should investors adjust their strategy to take advantage of emerging opportunities? You'll get the answer to this and other key questions at the free InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World. This important online event is hosted by InvestTalk's Justin Klein and Steve Peasley, and it's happening on Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. At this InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, you'll learn about the historical precedents for inflationary periods, how various asset classes perform in rising price environments, and the best opportunities for investment when interest rates rise. The InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World, is free, but you've got to register. Go to investtalk.com, scroll down to the November 18th free webinar button, and click to register. Hey, Steve and Justin. Been listening to your, a lot of your archived episodes, and some of your focus points are absolutely timeless. Uh, calling about Jim Mark Finance, ticker symbol GNW. If you could take a peek under the hood and let me know uh, if this thing's good for the long haul. I appreciate it. Okay, this is G- Genworth Financial Inc. GNW offers life and long-term care insurance, annuities, and mortgage insurance in 25 countries, not just counties, countries. It's a $2.3 billion company, so it's small, small. They're going to make $1.36 a share this year, then $0.86 cents a share next year. Sales in the last quarter fell 11%. I wonder if that had something to do with the... Uh, Mortgage insurance, because that slowed way down. Or, you know, because remember, they, they're they they're in different lines. Offers life life insurance, long-term care insurance, totally different things. Annuities, another different thing. And mortgage insurance and, you know, mortgage insurance. So there's got different businesses that you have to analyze to determine whether you want to be in it. It's, it's a $4, $54 stock. Very inexpensive. Um but remember, they're going to go from $1.36 down to $0.86 cents a share next year. That's not a positive thing. That's a 37% fall in earnings. So, but, you know, if you give it a normal PE, you give it a 10 PE, it's a $45 stock. It's selling for $4.50. That's not going to happen, though. So, uh, their range is 2 to 126 a big, larger I I, I I don't know. I, I don't see a catalyst here. That's what I don't see, and I don't care for it. This is Invest.com CPs, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. That's the goal. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com, 
and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hi, my name is Kevin from Seattle. Probably a question more for Steve, but it's in regards to something called infinite banking. Someone was trying to explain this to me the other day, and I wasn't quite grasping the whole thing. Love it if you guys could expand on it. It has something to do with the life insurance policy and borrowing against it. And Anyway, I wondered if this is something that you have to have maybe 50 or 40, 30 of disposable income every year to put into the infinite banking scene, or if this is something that can be done without having that much extra money every year. Anyway, any explanation would be appreciated. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, it's a concept. Infinite banking is a concept. It's not a product. It's not like, oh, okay, I, I'm a, open up my own bank. No, it's a, it's a concept. Infinite banking is is it's a concept that uses life insurance. It also uses other types of products. Um, what it does is you are in control of your money. You are your own banker. Okay, uh, you're managing your cash flow. As it comes in, this money goes over here, this money goes over there, this goes into that life insurance product, and that life insurance product, I can borrow money from that, and I'll take that, and I'll buy this asset over here because it'll be, it'll be a higher return than the cost of the borrowing of my own money. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's like that. Infinite banking is a concept, a process of you managing your own assets, your own cash flow into those assets and how you're managing it. Now, you might want to ask, well, what's the difference with that and what I do right today? Not a lot, but you're now supposed to be putting that money toward assets as opposed to just spending it. That's what it's all about. Something I've been telling you to spend less than you earn forever. Only 20 plus years I've been doing this. Spend less than you earn. Invest the rest. Now, infinite banking is you're managing that investment portion into different assets. And what what should you be doing? Where should it go? You you have to be, you know, up on different, you know, is it worth it to go into a variable annuity? Is it worth it to go into a fixed annuity? So it's different. You know, it's a process of you managing your cash flow. That's what it is. Nolan Napa, how you doing, Noel? I'm doing good, Steve. Good to talk to you. Um, well, I, I, I've got a quickie question uh, before the main question. Uh, what was that? Was that QS for that uh, Quantum digital scale. battery? QS, yes. QS. QS. Okay, I can look that up later. Sounds fascinating. Okay, uh, I was wondering, um, I know I have an acquaintance. He set up as a private contract association. Uh, have you ever heard of such a thing? Probably yes. to limit. Uh, lawsuits or something maybe yeah i've heard of it uh i have never i i've put together myself private uh partnerships well, well i've done it once in my history and for my family and they weren't very good at <laughs> sticking with it but i made a lot of money at it but mm-hmm. they made nothing that well only the one person to stay with made just as much money as i did but the rest yeah. wanted their money out with so it's it's a concept of you know putting together uh kind of a private private deal with people you know and then yeah. you have to so yeah i've heard of it oh okay i i could probably find further information maybe a uh, youtube yeah. or, or internet stuff yeah. uh, and then uh, how about how much wealth uh, would a person 
have a re- to make sense to set yourself up as an LLC. Uh, you, to, you, you don't so you need to do an LLC. If you get into, uh, you know, if you, you don't really need an LLC other than to protect yourself <coughs> excuse, excuse me, from lawsuits. So if you have rental properties, you might want to put them in the LLC and not under your name. If you have other assets that have exposure to possible people coming after you or you, you want to just hide your name from people knowing that you're the owner of something, then an LLC would help you do that. But it's not a complete protection against lawsuits. It's not. Insurance is much better. Make sure you have lots of insurance. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you, though. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTop program. Justin Klein, and I thank you for listening. And, of course, we encourage you to call anytime at the 888-99-CHART number and leave your question. And please tell your friends and family members about the free podcast. Independent thing and share success. This is InvestTalk, everybody. Enjoy your evening. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.